92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Ever since we met I have worshipped the ground That your feet have touched Just to be pushed around I should know by now You're not here to stay It's something I can't get past and it's killing me I just want to believe You'd be there for me Cause one day I hope you'll see What your love's doing to me It's worse every day as you inch farther away Cause I don't know what to say I remember the walks That we used to take And coffee in the morning Just after coming awake And now those are replaced With angry words flowing free And I don't know what to do Help me make you I just want to believe That you'd be there for me Cause one day I hope you'll see What your love's doing to me It's worse every day As you inch farther away Cause I don't know What your love's doing to me It's worse every day As you inch farther away Cause I don't know what to say 
You're listening to Big Blend Radio's Happy Hour Show with Nancy and Lisa, and you just heard Just Wanna Believe, the very first single from the upcoming EP called Wavelength by Seattle-based acoustic blues pop artist Philip Broussard, and he is also an Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom Navy veteran. And so first off, welcome, Philip, and thank you for your service. It's the first thing we have to say to you, as much as we want to talk about your music. Thank you for your service. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me on. I, uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. Now, thank you. You know, let's go to Just Want to Believe um, and your upcoming EP, Wavelength, because, you know, I was listening to a lot of the tracks, and um, I know it's five songs, right? And, and it's coming out soon, like really soon, right? Really soon, the 18th of November, yeah. Awesome. 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 So, like, we, we count down the days. Today's the 1st of November. Can you believe it's already November? What happened? Hey. You know, I was on my witch's broom yesterday, and now, like, I'm wearing a dress. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> something happened. But um, you, your your music is really, like, settling and calming. There's um, It's very introspective. And personal it feels like to me and you just like I said uh, before we brought you on the show that I just want to sit next to a fire and drink a glass of red wine and just listen and just kind of chill out and calm down is that kind of the vibe you were going for with your EP and your music yeah I think that's exactly the the vibe I was going for uh actually the the album Wavelength the, the whole reason I chose the name Wavelength is because you know, there's there's songs on there that you know if we look at if you know what a sine wave is, and I think most people do, you know it it just it goes up and down, up and down, mm. and uh, you know there's songs on that album that <clears throat> take you up, you know that they make you happy mm-hmm. and they're they're pop sounding and they they make you smile, but there's songs that take you take you to the bottom, like um, the song Best Friend. It's about my dad. Mm. And, uh, you know, he, he died when I was 18. And, and so there's songs that take you down, down, down there, but then there's, there's another song, uh, on there that just kind of puts you right in the middle. And I think just want to believe is one of them. So it's kind of like life, isn't it? That's how life is. <laughs> no kidding. I think that's exactly how life is. Yeah. It, yeah. And you never know if you're going to go up or you're going to go down. I know, but you have to have, you can't like, I think you have to on an, an album, but even in a life story, you're going to have all of it. And so to have those different vibes puts you, you know, puts you like, oh, yeah, I can relate. And I think that's the thing about listening to music is mm-hmm. you just feel like, yeah, I can relate. I know this story. And it's like it's, I'm not the only one, <laughs> you know, especially Best sure. Friend. It's yeah. a, a very touching, uh, very touching deep song. And I know Nancy and I, we've been through a lot of that. And a, a friend mm-hmm. of a good friend of ours is going through that now, too. There's just so much when we you know, when people move to the other side and they go on their next adventure and then we go, hey, wait, we thought we were all on a road trip together forever, even though it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work You know, way. but I, I mean, it does yeah. in weird ways. But um, you ended up in the military, but you played guitar before that, right? I did. Yeah, I picked up my first guitar when I was about 15. So, hmm. uh, yeah, and so a couple of years. I had been playing for a couple of years by the time I went in the military. yeah. Yeah, no. So so then you went in the military and how how many years did you serve? I was in for 6, uh or just shy of 6. So I I went in in 2004 and I got out. My very last day in the military was January 1st, 2010. So mm-hmm. it was uh I started the I I like to tell everybody that I started the deck that decade off right. 
but uh yeah it's uh it was it was about six years uh roughly you know a little bit shy of six years hmm that's a lot i mean it's a lot that's you know a long time you know, were you i mean did it change you like in in regards to your music and and when you think about your life now when you went in because you went in at a very young age like sure. how do you feel now now, because I know now you have your own business and everything. It's like yeah. you've, you've got a yeah. music career. Like, did it, like, I don't know, did it build so you I, into, I, yeah, go ahead. I think, I think the, I think the answer to your question is, is probably multi-pronged. You know, it's, uh, I, I found myself in certain, I found myself in certain, uh, sorry, there's some dogs in the background. I apologize. Um, no, we, I found like myself dogs. In, we like dogs. <laughs> They're cool. Um, I found some. Uh, I, I found myself in some training um, down in San Diego that was kind of um, that really pushed me to the limits. Uh, really pushed me to kind of examine myself personally, and it, it pushed me. You spend a lot of time being cold. You spend a lot of time being soaking wet and and covered in sand, and and uh, you know it's just it was really really difficult training, and and uh, so I I found uh, that training gave me the tools uh in my the rest of my life to kind of handle a little like pretty much anything that gets thrown at me um mm. i just keep you know whenever i get into a really bad spot or something like that i keep telling myself at least i'm warm and dry and um <laughs> but i would say that it probably did influence my music pretty heavily because it just uh you know i i stopped i i stopped wanting to just kind of think about these problems endlessly or thinking about thinking about tragedy or something like that mm-hmm. and just kind of find an outlet for it, uh, find a solution, find an outlet for it and, and move on. Mm. Do so, you perform live? I do. I do. Actually, I play probably three to four gigs a week. Um, That's a lot. And, That's and, a lot. Yeah, like it is. And uh, I'm sorry? Do you like that? Do you like performing live? Uh, I love it actually. Um, it's, wow. there's this, uh, I always tell everybody, um, when they ask me that question that, you know, that I have, <clears throat> you know, when I'm at work, I find my energy level just draining, but when I'm on stage, I just find my energy level climbing. And once I'm done with a gig, I just feel, I feel like I just am on fire. I just, I love being up on stage. I love playing music for people. Hmm. You know, I, I think there's something, there's that energy when you play with people. Now, you were talking about San Diego, which is actually where our magazine was birthed over 20 years ago. <laughs> and we had a oh, band wow. in San Diego for a few years, and mm. um, that was crazy. And actually, you know, I know you're in the Navy, but, like, we played on Camp Pendleton and stuff, and that was some, mm-hmm. some of the craziest gigs we ever did. <laughs> um but like, tell us where did you ever play out when you were in San Diego, or did you, you know, really do more performing now that you're up in Seattle? So I, I did play down in San Diego quite frequently. Uh, this is this, that was definitely before I started getting serious about music. Um, but I should say serious about wanting to have music take over my life um, the way it has. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, so most of my most of my playing is here in Seattle, but you know, I I did tour the coffee shops down in down in San Diego, and uh, you know, it's uh, it was it was a great experience because the San Diego scene is is great. I mean, that's where Jason Mraz got to start. And I'm a huge Jason mm-hmm. Mraz fan. Oh yeah, we actually used to um, 
a friend of ours had a and b in Fallbrook right next to his house. And, yeah. they, and so all the musicians <laughs> would go stay in her B&B on a farm. Oh, nice. It's like, it's like slash Oceanside Ocean slash like Fallbrook. And he would come over all the time. And they were doing albums, so all the backup singers would go stay with her and everything like that. Yeah. It was like super cool. And where his house is is beautiful. And San Diego, I think, is it's interesting because you've got L.A. right up the road. But San Diego has like a strong music scene. It, I think it always has. We've played with musicians that, you know, were from like the Flying Burrito Brothers, Canned Heat, and um, even John Lee Hooker and stuff like that. You know, they used to tour mm-hmm. with them. And I mean, there's a strong scene there, but I think people don't realize it as much. You know, it's just this network of musicians who tour. They know how to drive up to L.A., but they don't want to live in L.A. There's just a different <laughs> vibe out there. And, and there are coffee shops, you know. It's a little yeah. different. But, yeah. yeah, it's not like Seattle coffee shops. But, you know, there's there's music going on out there. Absolutely, yeah. I, yeah. I don't really blame a lot of these San Diego musicians for wanting to stay in San Diego and not move up to L.A. There's nothing against L.A. or anything like that. But San Diego just has this just – cool i mean there's a yeah there's a beach everywhere and yeah you know it's uh i just i love san diego i, I miss it i miss sometimes i miss living down there yeah i mean it's a cool i mean oh, we do too like you know if we go there like oh but we want to live everywhere so that's kind of it doesn't matter yeah. like we live in tucson but we i mean we just came off of being on the road for three years but now actually i realize we've been home for like a two, year, a year and a half. almost a year and a half. And it's you weird. keep saying we just got a home. We're like, I know. <laughs> it's really odd, like to to settle down. How did? Yeah, like also with you touring in the military. How does it feel to like settle down in one place? <laughs> how does that feel? It's uh, it's uh, pretty weird. Uh, yeah. When I when I got out of the military, I I was just getting used to kind of being back in the states again, mm-hmm. and then. You know, yeah. and then I decided to move, and I, I do get bored pretty easily. I, I, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm a boring person. My grandmother always used to say, you know, when I'd be like, "Grandma, I'm so bored," and she'd be like, "It's because you're a boring person." <laughs> I'd be like, "Thanks, Grandma." Uh, <laughs> and uh, but uh, no, I don't think I'm a boring person. But at the same time, I do like find myself having to find new ways to keep myself going. And I think music's actually perfect for that because I, I don't, I mean. There's a, it's a new venue every single day. Yeah. No, no, no. It's cool. So let's let's talk about the track we played, Just Want to Believe, because that's your first single sure. from the EP. Um, I know coming out November 18th, everybody, so everybody uh, wait for that. Um, but also that's going to be the first music video you do for the EP, too, which is everyone, the EP is going to be wavelength. Um, but tell us about that song. That song is just about uh, getting, I mean, there, whenever I'm on Facebook or, or any of these social media platforms, oh, especially Facebook, Facebook <laughs> is, the, is the worst platform for this. I'll always like, I mean, especially since I started doing a lot of radio interviews and I, I've been, you know, been in a magazine or two now and uh, my kind of my followership is kind of you know, mm-hmm. gone, you know, I went from having like 200 fans on Facebook to having 3,300, you know, in like just a couple of days. And awesome. so, you know, I, I got a lot of friend requests. And my mistake early on was kind of accepting all of them. And so I would read these statuses and they're, you know, these people's statuses were like, I can't believe you did this to me. You're a terrible, terrible mother, you know, or something like that. Or, you know, I can't believe that you would steal my children like this. 
And I, I'm just sitting here like, wow, there's a lot of toxic people that these people deal with. You know, every <laughs> single person on my Facebook is sitting here complaining about this toxic person in their life. And so I just want to believe is basically just a song. It's a crying out song. Just like, I just want to believe that you'd be there for me because you keep let me down. You keep, mm. you keep mm. not being there for me. And I need you to know that this is kind of, uh, this is kind of my last cry, my last plea for, yeah. for you to kind of get it together. Uh, so it's, it's kind of about, you know, begging a toxic person to fix it. Or just keep quiet. Like just stop right. it. Yeah. You don't need yeah, to exactly. bleed into the rest of the world. Like, yeah, I know. I, I feel like that's our <laughs> social media. There's a yeah. lot of, there's, amazing good things that have come from it i mean absolutely sure. hands down life-changing amazing things that happen on the positive but some of that negative stuff it's like you have to have it's like that weird light and dark thing that's going on in social media it's like yeah. Uh, yeah. and sometimes you're just like do i really have to go on there today do I, I have to but like you know because of what we do but it's like i really don't want to look at this because people get negative and you just want to, i what for me listening to just want to believe it's like i just want to believe that Actually, there's good, no matter what I'm seeing, that whatever you're saying and doing, especially with the political thing going on, there's just, oh, yeah. people are being so mean but, and calling sure. people names that they don't even know who they're talking, they don't even but really know you. Thing, here's the thing. It's like, know, what? At the end of the day, I think what social media has done on one specific angle is made you realize how important it is to know yourself in order to protect yourself so that uh, when when people are so negative and mean and they're talking they're criticizing and calling people names that they've never ever met and they're judging people on sentences that are usually not even typed correctly even part it's it's kind of insane <laughs> when you think about it it's really insane. It's like I'm not really sure what you said, but I hate you. You know, it, it just <laughs> and it, you're it's stupid. Kind of, yeah, and you're stupid because this, you're that, and it's like I. It to me, it's kind of like let's all let's let all the two year olds out. Yeah. Before you teach them manners, <laughs> so it, it would be nice if the tool was used properly. In a lot of instances, it really is. However. Apparently, in societies around the world, part of us always wants to be the two-year-old. Yeah. I think it's fun to, like, be two. Well, there's something <laughs> about, like, having a voice that's public. And I, I wanted to ask you this because, Philip, if you look at, you know, just want to believe and, and being a musician and as you rise up and get more more, you know, fans and followers and people getting into your music, do you feel like restricted by what you sing or say like or do you feel like you know this is who i am because there's who you are and then it's like what you know what i mean like are you conscious about what you put on facebook or um what you sing oh, or say absolutely and i think i mean it's absolutely yeah you have to be you have to have an element of of awareness of what's going to come out of your mouth and it's hmm. it's less to do with it's less to do with not wanting to offend anybody and more just to kind of maintain, I think any, every musician's a brand. And so I just try to keep my brand mm -hmm. clean. And, and so, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of statuses that I just can't stand, but I don't, I don't know. I just don't feel the need to jump right in and immediately uh, harp on somebody for what they believe in. I, I don't really, 
I don't find it's my place to tell anybody what to believe or what not to believe and, or whether or not their intelligence level is up to snuff or not. Uh, mm. You know, it's, uh, there was one time, there was one time where uh, I did have an incident at, at a show where I was talking about a song I wrote and the song's called um, in my chords, like music chords in my chords. And it, I said, it personifies a, a woman in a song. There's a line on there that says, uh, Every part of her is a melody. Every strand of hair is a note I see. And nice. I, I, and it's going to be on the EP too. So cool. Look forward to that one. Um, but you know, I made the mistake of talking about this at a show in, in like uh, one of the more like, uh, I want to say, uh, I don't really know the word I'm looking for, but people, <laughs> people really get in your to. face. You just if say you what they said. <laughs> yeah. Well, they really get in your face if you, if you misspeak up there and, and so I made I made the mistake of using certain gender pronouns, and oh. uh, someone came up to me um, and was like, "Hey, I just don't I really didn't like the way you said she and and her and everything like that." And I was like, "Well, I was talking about a woman, a person that identifies as a woman, and it shouldn't be a problem for you." And they're like, "Well, it is." And I said, "Just simply, well, too bad," and I just walked away. And this person was just absolutely furious that I would not care what this person thought. Wow, you know, but that's but that's but this is. You have to have a stand of what you wrote. You, this, you know what I mean? This, there's a. Right. I think that this a, is the age of everybody finding out, and I mean everybody, from the top of our country to whatever, their own insecurities. And individuality. And I think that artists have always been the flagpost of individuality. An artist, sure. whether it's an, a painter, a musician, a writer, a journalist, yeah. everybody has had that, this is who we are. And that's something that is a very scary thing for, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to say this, and somebody may not like it. But if you don't ever do that in your life, where are we going? I'm going to paint my house hot pink, and somebody in the Homeowners Association will not like it. And we don't care. Because then everybody should paint their house beige. Yeah. No. As a remodeling contractor, I can tell you, please don't. (laughs) paint your house hot pink it's, know, a, it's a hard color to cover up i know it really I know. is i know so that's interesting so you guys you see so you decided to open up your own business too so like mm-hmm. you really have two businesses sure. going on and so how do you balance Absolutely. that and do like yeah. three to four gigs and you know a week and right because i know like i mean or is it maybe do you have like seasons of contracting when you when you're in seattle oh yeah because of the rain, weather or yeah. does that matter that doesn't matter you have to Still go out that there actually doesn't that doesn't hit me uh and the reason is because uh i actually own a separate company a separate entity that actually purchases homes uh at auction and we remodel them and put them back on the market we i'm essentially i don't like the word home flipper but that's essentially what i do cool um oh, but I've, oh, I've got a cool yeah we i've got like a crew that. going and uh i mean yeah i i I used to routinely post pictures of of the before and afters, but uh, it's uh, that's that's my day job, and um, so that's yeah. you know, but I, I I balancing it is 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 a tricky affair. You know, it's uh, the the traffic in in Washington here is what what kills me because you know I can easily, you know, back 20 years ago when I was growing up, um, I could drive from my house where I lived to Seattle in about an hour. And that was no problem. Yeah. Now, easily, it would take two, two and a half hours. And if oh, there's really, really bad traffic with an accident, four hours. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. So, so, wow. so so if you flip the house, would you ever paint it hot pink? <laughs> no. He said no already. Like, no. Never. No. <laughs> no, no. Never. Yeah, kept Sorry. Kept the house. No, but it, yeah. Yeah. No, but, you know, it's, but it's so interesting funny. because I think when, when it, it's an interesting thing because musicians tend to either go, I'm, I'm doing all music and that's all I'm going to do. Or maybe, like, I may serve coffee or be, like, a bartender on the side, like, on a, on a scale where it's 80% music, 20% helping pay my bills or something. And then the other side is, like, what you're doing. And and, and then there's musicians full-time 100%. But what you're doing, it's don't you kind of have more control over, like, your artistry yes. by having what you do as a day job in your a business, your own business on that side, but... Doesn't it give you more creative control and control? It does. Yeah, I think I think I have a really good. Yeah, I think I have a really good group of people around uh, around me. Um, Actually, one of the people that work for me actually manages my music. Uh, She helps out with uh, with all the the management portion of the booking of the gigs and everything like that. And so, um, and in turn, she you know enjoys a. A full-time job, and I uh, don't fire her. No, I'm just kidding. She's standing right no. near me, and I'm giving me the giving me the stink eye right now. But no, uh, no stink eyes. Uh, like, give it, just wave at her, please, for us to say. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so you know, but I also have a, a you know just a great crew and great people around me, and and uh, you know just just awesome awesome support structure. I got great friends, and and so that I think that's really really important uh, in in doing in pursuing something like this you've got to have people around you that support you and, and there's there's musicians i've met where their own family can't can't even get behind them and you know i met a guitarist just the other day and he's like my mom tells me this is stupid and i was like why do you care what your mom thinks and oh he's like well that's where i and that, he's like that's where i live and i was like yeah but i mean you're i was like you're a good guitar player you're a good singer and like she's just trying to get you to put on a suit and work a nine-to-five just like you know, her miserable husband. Yeah, but, but that's that's key because like every like even Nancy and I, Nancy had the this magazine in South Africa and we had to leave the country. You understand war, right? It was time to leave. Let me just say this: it was called Winnie Mandela. Yeah, over the media, and that was not cool because she was necklacing so was people, bye-bye. like burning them and tires yeah. and all this stuff. It was so crazy. It was, it was sure. a deal. But anyway, so we it was leave. A deal breaker. We leave. Get over here. <laughs> back home to this country and they're like oh you know do you need like they were like when we had to reinstate all our paperwork and everything they're like almost like not a refugee but they're no, like they, they were um, what do you call it? political asylum yeah and we're like no, we're like, we, no we, we, we're, we need our... to just get our feet back on the ground and uh, start over again because when we had to leave we had to leave and it was like you couldn't take everything out of the country so we had to start all over again it's like life just keep starting all over again yeah. and so we did wow. I know. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we really, by the time, like, how we had to get out, we had, what, $4,000 each, yeah, I think, or to our name. Well, it, you Not gotta, even. It, it comes and, as a real shock to people when you leave a country, you know, when you go into a country, you think, okay, it was kind of like the States in a way. It's when you leave that you find out what you can and cannot do. And right. we were, no matter, even though we had a home and cars and whatever, we were only allowed to take out what they call holiday pay. Yeah, holiday 4, money, 000, vacation money. $4,000. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's what we had to leave with. And I was like, holy crap. Everything. We had to just, we left every. I mean, everything. I mean, people came and took the furniture, the cars. Yeah. I mean, the business, the every, Nancy took everything in her bank account, paid all her employees six mm-hmm. months pay. You know, I mean, it was it crazy. Damn. And because we, I mean, we couldn't take the money out because. Well, let me we ask you this. So mm-hmm. let me ask you this. So uh, do they allow you to take anything else out like Pepsi or Root beer or we anything took like that? Two suitcases each. Two suitcases. We did manage to get some stuff that were real valuables and ship them to the Channel Islands where my grandmother was under her name yeah. to give her some basic things that were like Nancy's artwork because she's an artist and all that. That was it. Gotcha. That was it. Basic things. And that well, we really didn't want to lose. And so that got shipped there. But we left as though we were going on a vacation because we couldn't just. Like that's kind of way you flip and emigrate it. out that's the only way you and dissolve the company and everything in the timeline because this was at the time when the ANC was coming into the country. I mean, it was crazy. Uh-huh. So anyway, the point, the point was when we got to this country, we had to start over, which was fine because we were like that, you know. But it was like, I mean, Nancy had built this entire, like, badass business. And and I grew up in it, you know. It was like, this is such a cool thing. And we got over here and started over again. And, the, and then her mother comes in from mm. the Channel Islands later in Guernsey area mm. in England and comes over and everything and, and all this family things, sickness and health issues with family happen. And Nancy and I were just looking at each other. We try to do the job thing. We're like, we can't work for people. We need to go back to what we love and know and our passion. So we opened a magazine. And every sure. single person said not mm. to do it. And her mother even said, you need to go and get a real, a job. real job. And we're just, like, going, since yeah. we're paying the bills, like, no offense. She's but now living no, with us. No. Because yeah. Yeah, but anyway. her real job never worked. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just so we're taking care of everybody. But it's like, hello, we know this is where we belong. And it's like people will tell you that in your life over and over and over again. That's why I was sure. – trying to get it in a shorter thing to but with your friend um <laughs> things happen well, and sometimes the, you have to stand up I, and tell people to to just even if it's your closest family member to just you just don't even listen to them don't even say anything back just go on and do your thing uh, here's it it's yeah. called thank you for your input yeah yeah so i mean is, and did you do you have anybody that did that to you as a musician i mean where did because you you you're pretty like straight up like to your friend so where did that strength yeah. come from yeah, uh, probably military. Uh, by the way, the reason I asked about the Pepsi or root beer thing is because I so I have a finance degree from the University of Washington, and uh, I we were doing a case study and we read about this this company that couldn't repatriate any of their money out of a certain uh, certain oh, country. Yeah. They couldn't oh, okay. get any of their any of their cash, and so what they yeah. did is they bought a whole bunch of one certain product that they were allowed to export, and then they just sold it in the United States for all their money. That's why I was asking. Oh, my God. Well, we didn't even have things. Well, why didn't you tell this me? This is like pre-internet Google years. I mean, we're talking like in the yeah. 90s. I know. Early 90s. Like, what I the hell? And I've actually, I've, actually, I've actually put principles like that into play. I, when I lived in San Diego, when I moved up to Washington, I, oh. there was U- U-Haul. U-Haul was going to charge me like $6,000 to rent a U-Haul. So I just went online and bought a U-Haul, a 14-foot U-Haul that was, somebody was selling, and I loaded my, all my stuff up. I paid three thousand for it down in San Diego. Moved up to Washington, and I sold it for thirty five hundred when I got back up to Washington. So I ended up making money on my move. But that's just the way. That's just the way I think. I think it's oh, a little I bit different. Okay, so, so but think, you, there's always a different okay, way. Like I, I love this. Yeah. I love this. I well, 
Wow. But I love this. I love this because okay, I want to go back and do it over. I did take a carton of cigarettes. <laughs> if that helps, I don't smoke anymore. Oh, yeah. But I did take a carton of cigarettes. But exactly. it, we did actually have to dump all our stuff out of at oh, the God. at the airport. We had to it dump everything out. Like we had two. Like just it was crazy. Anyway, but um, wow, never thought of that. Hmm. So you think on the alternative. So how does that reflect in your music? Do yeah. you flip a song backwards? Like the notes and everything in the words. Are you, do you do so, that? Because you obviously have got I, some mathematical things going on in creativity. No, there's nothing mathematical. I mean, I mean, there's definitely math and music. There's symmetry and all that really cool stuff. But, mm. uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I think with regards to, uh, you know, thinking outside the box in music, I think I write a little bit differently than I think a lot of musicians. I remember this movie, 101 Dalmatians. I think everybody remembers that movie. But there's a part in that movie where, you know, they're singing the Corella DeVille song and yeah. the husband tells his wife, you know, she starts, I forget exactly the context, but he's like, uh-uh-uh, melody first, then the lyrics. And I remember thinking like, well, I mean, that's, don't tell me what to do, you know? And, and uh, so I, I actually, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll take something and I'll write about like a title or something like that. Mm. And uh, I'll actually just kind of derive the lyrics from it because usually I already have kind of a melody or a chord progression that I've already put together. And then I'll probably, mm. I'll, I'll derive lyrics out of that theme. It's kind of like a term paper topic. You know, you take a topic and you write a term paper and, you know, actually I think, I'm sorry to talk your ear off, but I think no, that's that cool. same principle helped me in college because, you know, I never, that I was like, that I really liked to write about, I would always pick a topic that would like make me really angry because I had plenty to talk oh. about when it came to things that make me furious, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just take, I take a topic that, that, that makes me feel a certain way. And then I try to derive lyrics out of that. If that answers your question. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, could you, no. Could you like look at a, a picture and then you just, you have to write something. I've, uh, I look at like a painting, yeah, I could probably yeah, do or that. Painting, uh, photograph. Would, yeah, painting or photograph, I could probably do that. Um, I think probably anybody with, with a musical background could probably do something like that. But I think for me, I would probably try to look at maybe some things that maybe people are missing in the at, at mm. just first glance. Maybe there's a certain detail that somebody put in, you know, that I really, really liked. Oh, and my. I could probably write something out of that, yeah. I know that you talked about Jason Mraz. I mean, when you picked up the guitar, you played the guitar. I know then you, you know, go do the military thing, come back home um, to the States, I should say. And the and the military thing is a big deal going overseas where you went. It's a big deal. And, and sure. so when I say the military thing, I'm not glossing over it. I'm, it it's, it's, it's a big deal. And, and I mean, having lived in, in Africa in, in crazy times, in Kenya in crazy times, I think Nancy and I both mm. understand all this. We get slight sliver of what it's like because we know what it's when when people take over things they take them over <laughs> and you, you either run or yeah. fight it's kind of one of those things there is if you hesitate you're out you're out and i think that's kind of what life is like i don't know if we're really allowed to hesitate and if we do you better be fast about it you know i, I think that's yeah. kind of a thing well you might you, you might have that hesitation for clear thought but when you're going to act, you better act. Yeah. You can't, you can't act halfway. Yeah, you have to take time and do things and strategize and stuff. So I'm not saying going on that. But, like, for your music, your lyrics are really, like, they 
they hit you. Like and I like you know Bob Marley talks about music how it hits you. You don't you don't feel any pain with sure. that. Like that's what I'm saying. Um, your music does touch people with with the words and just your guitar knows when to come in and it doesn't <laughs> overpower the lyrics and the melody. So there's this really nice it's cool. where you that's why I say well, I just want to soak it in and sit down. That's the red when I say red Thank wine, you. it's like that's that to me is like I'm gonna sit and savor and listen it's, it's, and it's very and, it's very uncluttered without yeah. distraction and i, I love know that. you know when when there's so much distraction in a recording um you know we're going to put this and we're going to put that in we're going to put that in then i'm like well you don't have confidence in your mm. lyrics and your melody when yeah. that happens when it's like right. to me it's kind of a cover up and i like the like the straight, ra- straight honesty. Yeah, you've got a real straight. Yeah, where is that? Did you study how to do that, or is this like I'm just going out there and that's that? No, I. You know, so I'm <clears throat> I'm a huge John Mayer fan too. So I I'm a big John Mayer fan. I'm a big Jason Mraz fan. Apparently, I really like the initials JM. But uh, it's uh, <laughs> it boils down. I mean, I John Mayer has a really fantastic ability to be able to uh, have his guitar. I mean, obviously he's known for being an incredible guitarist, but he's, mm. he's not just known for an incredible guitarist because he can play 10,000 notes a second or, yeah. you know, he can play, you know, featured by Van Halen or anything like that. He, he's known for being able to know when the guitar should come in and when it should, should go out. So I think, I, if, did I study how to do it? I mean, I've been listening to John Mayer for probably 15 years now. So I would probably say, yeah, I mean, I've got a PhD in John Mayer music. Hey, mm. there you go. He's, there you go. Hey, he's a and great he got teacher. to play with B.B. King too, man. He did. You know? Yeah. Did. And, and there was a concert with him, B.B. King, and Simply Red. That hmm. was killer. you got to look it up. I've, I've gotta, I will, I gotta, definitely. I do believe he was in there. I could now maybe I'm just thinking simply red because I always thought like how did these people get playing with the blues? And then there's always a line that comes back. There's always this line, this thread of the blues everywhere and everything, no matter what. <laughs> it always goes back That's to the blues. Because life is like that. Mm-hmm. It goes up and it goes down yeah. and in the middle of the blues is just talking about yeah. what just happened. Memphis Slim said it all comes down, we're all gonna go back to Mother Earth and that's it, that's man. Right. That's why I think that the the blues infuses everything, no matter what. That's just kind of my thing. But um are you ready to play Happy Hour? I know you are. It's time. You gotta ring that bell. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Philip, if you could spend happy hour with anyone alive or passed on, is it going to be John Mayer? <laughs> no, but anyway, who would it be? No, actually, no, not okay. John Mayer. Okay, and and okay, so who would it be? Let's let's well, then we'll go through the rest of the question. Who? You know, uh, I <clears throat> that's a, that's a good question, and uh, I know a lot of people are probably wondering who I would, you know, if it was famous, somebody famous, or maybe not famous, or have you. The answer is I'd probably want to spend it with some random dude in like the 1500s. I was just asking questions about his daily life. Like how many sheep do you own? How many, like, do you like, why do you have 12 children? You know, 
Yeah. And like I would just literally just want to <laughs> I would just to literally want to get sheep. to know this random dude. That's why. I'm sorry. Okay, so the random dude, okay, from the 1500s, are you going to okay. be in a specific country or place? And for the happy uh, hour conversation. I mean, that's that's a good question. Yeah, I'd probably try to be somewhere in Europe, you know, that uh that was pretty grim side. period during that time frame. I'd be like, you know, they probably lost. I don't know. I forget my history's a little bit hazy regarding medieval Europe during the plague mm. times or what have you. But, uh, yeah. you know, I would probably, you know, really want to know about what their daily life is like. And, and because we have it pretty good here in the United States. I mean, we, we don't have to worry about starving to death, you know, like a lot of people did back then. We've, we've got a pretty comfortable, we've got it pretty comfortably here. So, uh, I would definitely want to like figure out what their daily life is like i'd be like so what what do you do without an iphone and they'd be like what's an iphone and i'd be like yeah let's just not talk about that yeah so what would you drink so, with them let's see whatever kind of swill they put together mead. in their own house mead yeah mead or yeah, yeah. mead rum they would probably you never know because they could be bootleggers yeah. you know exactly it would probably be like, like the, the hardest bootleg. most bitter stuff on the planet but i would just literally just be grateful just be sitting down with this random guy or girl i don't care uh drinking this probably like really stuff that they made in some kind of bathtub out back in a shed somewhere i don't but know they probably don't have bathtubs back then either probably like, didn't have bathtubs the, back then exactly. you're probably in a in a like, oh wait like if a, you're in the roman bath you if you're in roman times man you're like yeah, hooking up with some cool stuff good. you could be roman baths you can have wine you're going to be exactly. like, I'm sure you could get wine. <laughs> like, it depends <laughs> on where you land. Like, you you basically, that's our time. See, you should have been our way back when history show because we put people in a time machine, and then they get to go no, and hang out. And Yeah, so you did the time machine. So, like, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> he went ahead. But then what are you going to talk about? Yeah, is it just, like, really what it's like, like, that, that connection. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I would tell them stories of where I'm from. I'd say, like, sometimes kids get angry because they don't get the latest designer clothes on Christmas. And I see that you make your own clothes. Like, is this you know, something you enjoy doing or is this something you have to do? You know, I, I just, I would, I don't know. I think it'd be so cool to sit there and talk to, talk to some of these common folk back and then. And freak them out. No, but, but, right. no, but I think, well, I think that that's part of, like, that you've been outside this country and you've seen now. Yeah, the other side of the right. world lives, and I think Nancy and I understand that 100%, having you know lived in sure. Africa and stuff, and knowing that like every drop of water is beyond precious, yeah, and exactly. understanding, like you know you like I to this day I'm, I'm honestly sorry people it's true, I'm in a t-shirt that I've owned for like 10 years. Because I don't care until it's like really got the big holes that I can use for a rag in my kitchen. I'm gonna still wear it. Like I don't care. Why do we waste so much as human beings in this country? I think we've kind of lost because our touch. value is about how you look and how much you spend. Yeah, not about who we've you are. we've lost that um, touch with the what's real. Let's yeah. put it that way. Which, mm-hmm. Not everybody. Not everybody. No, obviously not, because, you know, there we go. But, Philip, good conversation. So I have to ask before you leave, is it Broussard? Brossard? Like, I want to say Broussard. How, how do we pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Broussard. Broussard. So I can't do the Broussard. Broussard. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, no. Yeah. I no, want you to. You don't have to put that much emphasis on it. You know. But it's fun. Just Broussard. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, all right. All right, before you go, we're going to play all over again. Is that good with you, or do you want us to play Best Friend? It's your choice. It's your music. I, you know, it's, it's uh, either one works. That's fine. All right, let's do all over again. Everyone, because uh, I want to have everybody hear a different side of this. And uh, the Wavelength EP comes out November 18th, correct? That's the right date? It does. Yep. Okay. Hello. And so, everyone, you can hook up with Philip. Uh, Philip with two L's, too. Broussard, B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D. Uh, I'm just going to prove that I can spell. Philip Broussard, because especially on a half-hour show. Uh, find him on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on YouTube, and Twitter. On Twitter, he's the real Philip, okay, just Ooh. to make sure. <laughs> like, he's the real deal, right? The real McCoy is on there. Um, so, What's the best way? What's the best way for everyone to keep up with the release of the EP through your Facebook? Do you think your social media? Definitely Facebook. Yeah. So I post on there as my primary social media account, and then I kind of branch out from there. Occasionally hitting Twitter and and Instagram, and uh, but I definitely definitely want people to hit me up on uh, on Facebook. And if you send me a message on Facebook, I try to answer right away. Just make right it. On. Don't make it anything okay. weird. Yeah. yeah, don't do any weird, don't any, don't do any Halloween photos don't to him. Do, do. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, and don't send kids that, like, you know, complain about things. <laughs> exactly. All right. Hear any complaining. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Good. It's been definitely like a conversation none of us ever thought we were going to have today. Uh, everybody, well, uh, hope... here it is. Go ahead. No, I hope, uh, I hope uh, to uh, be on your show again here real soon. Yeah, let us know. Keep us, keep us posted when when Wavelength comes out. Come back on. Keep us posted and uh, come back. We've you know we've got world radio parties and some other crazy things happening, especially in the new year. So everyone, go get Wavelength November 18th and uh, go find Philip Broussard. I'm sorry, I just want to go Broussard. Broussard. Sorry, Broussard. <laughs> I just sorry. It's a great name, uh, but here it is Thank all you. over again. You take care, Philip. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye now. There were times I felt so alone, even though you were right next to me. There were times I could sense that you just didn't want to be with me. When you finally left on that long trip back home I was stuck sitting on one side of the couch Left to sob there all alone And I tried to breathe And I tried to sleep all day Wishing that all this pain would just go away was a beautiful surprise I didn't know where we should begin Cause all I know is that I fell in love all over again
Didn't know where we should begin 